Hey, Mark. Hey, Katie. Hey, you want to do a podcast? Yeah. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Unforget Yourself Show, where we use the power of woo and the proof of science to help you identify your blind spots, get over your own bullshit, <gasps> so that you can do the fucking thing you actually want to do. Absolutely. I'm Mark. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of Unforget Yourself and the creators of the Unforget Yourself system. Look, being a business owner is tough. Yeah. With vulnerability and with humor, mm-hmm. we'll be sharing with you the real stories behind the success of those brave and crazy enough to start their own business and to show you that you're not alone. You're not. Well, from the accidental entrepreneur to the laser-focused CEO, we have honest conversations about how they got to where they are today. We talk about the challenges that they faced and what they're currently dealing with in real time on their roller coaster journey. Along the way, we want to show you that it's, it's you. You are the most important asset in your business. Yeah, you are. So let's cut the bullshit and start the show. Enjoy. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Travis Buck, owner of Northwest Media Collective, and they are a dynamic team of digital problem solvers and boundary pushers. Love that. Hey, Travis, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. So um, can you just expand a bit more on your business, you know, where you are today and the kind of people that you serve? Yeah, so we're I I I own a marketing agency and we've actually never niched down, which is something that organically organically we have industries we work with very well. So we mm. do have sort of niches, but I'll take anybody from like a dog groomer to a structural engineer. So I have a wide range of of marketing clients. They typically come to us with a website already most of the time. Mm-hmm. And so like, not only do we offer like web development, hosting, maintenance plans where we take care of all these things, but we also offer like the support services. So SEO, marketing, logos, graphics, videography. Mm-hmm. And so like, as this kind of premium provider, majority of our clients now are basically distraught business owners who maybe don't have like, or they've done the first website, but not very well. And mm. they don't have a functioning website that's actually working for them. So then they come to us and they, they either want us to add some functionality to it, get something working, some contact forms, or they want us to help position it better onto search engines. Can I just jump, jump in there? Because those clients that are coming to you, which have been you know, maybe burnt by other agencies or you know, they've, they, the website isn't quite working as, as they'd hoped. It sounds like those kind of people, and I know this from when I was running my marketing agency back in the UK, that they've blown their budgets elsewhere, and then they're just seeking help. Do you find that that you have to, one, overcome almost the, the belief system that you can do the work, you do do the work, you have the pedigree, and also overcome the, the budget limitations? Oh yeah, that's it's totally an industry problem, like in web development in general. Because nine times out of ten, it's exactly that. They've went cheap. They've spent whatever two five k or whatever. They've spent that budget on a website. They've got it back, and it's non-functioning. And now you already you don't have trust with this person because they mm-hmm. hate web designers in general. So you have to overcome that trust a bit of being like, no, we're actually going to do stuff. And then they're also going to be like, you know, our budget is spent and we don't have the budget we have for this. 
so then sometimes yeah it's a matter of like just coming off and being like okay well with what money you do have is there a way that we can go in we can fix the things or like get some things working Mm. or can we set up like seo or like some ongoing type marketing stuff just baby steps to get this through for like the next year so like maybe we run some ads to it maybe it's not that good but we can make one page of it good and so it would be like these baby steps and i've been noticing a heck of a lot more of those like we do do some big six-figure website rebuilds but not a lot of people come and say you know we have five or six figures we totally want to rebuild everything majority Mm -hmm. of them come to us previously burned by these web designers and like on the first call i'd love to say like i hate web designers you hate web designers like you're in good company like i hate them (laughs) as much as you do and and also that this is like pretty normal it's it's a standard problem in our industry it's the problem is is that most owners aren't tech savvy the average client of mine isn't tech savvy they don't know they just see somebody on facebook saying hey we'll we'll build you a 500 website but what that really turns into is like a three thousand dollar website and a six month long project project that maybe doesn't even get finished and so oh, as they into, start to pay for the the cleanup all the things right. after the so you pay for a 500 buck website you get a 500 buck website yeah and then you got to do the work afterwards and i i think a lot of my job in the early phone calls is just connecting and just telling them that like we know this is a problem this happens across the industry and like they already feel like there's an egg on their face they already feel like they mess up and telling them that hey this is normal yeah. Like I hear stories all the time of people who've met a web designer in a coffee shop, cut a check to her for $4,000, never saw her again. There, you've got no website, you've got nothing. So you guys at least have something. It doesn't work very well, but like you're doing okay. And I, I hear stories all the time of people spending 40K, 50K, and then coming to me with like a non-functioning website that I then had to tell them, we got to scrap this and start over. So I think helping calm them that like, this does happen. This isn't a mistake on you that like, you weren't stupid in this. And we're here to help you and like telling them, we're going to support this, we'll find a way. So we'll like get one page working, we'll get some code functioning. I've even helped people steal websites off dev, you know, maybe they've lost access to that developer in a foreign country. If mm-hmm. you give me a login or something or FTP, like we'll just go and we'll steal that code. We'll get it set up. So just just once they know we're like on board to help them in some way uh-huh. and maybe they don't have money in the first little bit of it, then you've established that trust and they really become these like lifelong clients. Yeah, now that's really it. Like building relationships. And I yep. love the way that I mean, we had a we had a hacker on. Uh, one of our um, interviews and is an ethical hacker who used his his skills for good, you know, going through and making sure that people don't do the wrong things to the different sites or whatever and or retrieving data. So I love your angle there. It sounds like you're kind of the guardian angel for these companies that, hey, look, let's find a way. But it's with that communication that you can work together to say, you no one wants a website. Nobody wants a website. What you want right. is what that brings you and you're able to eloquently and with communication find out what do you want 
What's the quickest way you can get you that results? And then we'll start to build from there, right? Yes. So like, yeah, let's just get you on even footing. And then even if we get these like smaller ones in the front, you, you know, two to three years down the line, like if they're rocking it, then we start talking like full website redesign. And we've got we've got trust and we've got established. They know us. They work with us. Like, yeah. So once you like establish hmm. that, and then I mean, I think it takes a little while to get traction anyway in business. So then once we get going, we're like ten years in now. So now we do get a lot of the larger inquiries, and we can you know use a little bit of our profile that says we've been around. Like now we've been vetted a bit more. Yeah. So now we do get some people with some bigger budgets. Yeah, you've got you've got some leverage to work with, which is yep. which is beautiful. So let's talk about that because you're yeah, you're 10 years in now, which is fantastic, which means your journey as the owner has been like oh night and day difference. I mean, you started off, if you would just quickly run through, you know, what, what was it like when you first started? Yeah, trying to build your your team build the trust that way how what was your role like then and what challenges did you did you find with building a team man yeah that that whole journey is like the coolest part of like being an owner it's like the roughest part but it's such a cool experience because i really do remember uh i have a i have a co-owner a business partner and i so we were both hired um, we have separate web companies. We both bid on the same RFP for like a local county three website project. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they hired two of us. Like you wouldn't hire two builders to build a house. But in the end, we like finished this project. It was for a really good client. And uh -huh. we were just like, we should just make a company. So it really was. We'd worked together for five months. We'd launched three, we'd launched three websites and like, let's do this. And went online to like one of those 1-800 like set up your companies and uh -huh. set up a company and like the first employee I hired was like a friend a good friend of mine it was like his wife and it was like I'm hiring you to figure out how to hire yourself and so she kind of came in and she was able to like set up kind of the HR framework and figure mm. out all the, the setup stuff and the EIN numbers and she got all that going and it, it's just hiring like really smart people. So I don't I don't need somebody who can like code their way out of a paper bag. Like we can teach some of the coding and some of the skills, but what you really want, um, like what we've always looked for is grit. Like that person that shows like maybe they've they've been at it a long time. So I really like hiring freelancers, like these people who I know they've like struggled to get their own work. They've like know a little bit of what it's like to put themselves out there and mm. deliver the quality work and the customer service. So really trying to find these like experts in their area and hiring people who I know even know stuff better than me. Like I know I know it came out of like a thing like surround yourself with smart people. But you know, 10 years ago, it was just kind of this thing that I think a lot of us were just naturally doing. So I'd find somebody who's like an amazing copywriter, hired an amazing copywriter. Uh, two of my developers I know are like way better, better at, you know, coding certain things than me. And like, yeah, it's, it's just amazing. So like hiring talent, the team, and then as you're growing, so then you're, we're, we were growing about one, hire one or two, maybe per year. 
Mm. And that, that's kind of been the, the thing and like trying not to grow too quickly. And then you get the stress of like, I got to get projects in here. Like once you become like this bigger monster, like, you know, one to two, three employees, that's pretty simple. There was just a couple of us in an office at first, and that's pretty simple to wrangle in. You can you can get, you know, four or five websites in a month or like small mm. projects. But once you get up to like five employees and then More you mouse to feed, right? Yeah. And then you want to start thinking about like retainment. Like I really yeah. wanted to look out, you know, for my team. I've always wanted my employees to have more than I've had. Like I burned away my 20s, but the 90s was a different time. Like I slept behind the server. My company kept the mattress in the office and like pulled down the mattress and I slept there at night. Like I was 22 in an old building. They uh -huh. left me an elevator key because it was in downtown office when the building was shut down at night. You had an elevator key that you could power on the elevator and go up and down the building at least. But it's like, it was an awful existence. And I worked near 24 hours. Oh, and like, man. I wanted my employees to have that kind of traditional nine to five, which in web design, you don't get in general, because everyone just expects you can email your web developer at 9 p.m. at night and you will get an answer. And and I guess it's always work. it's always an emergency. There's always right. a, a everything's such a drama, right? Yes, yes. So it's like I really wanted to figure out, like, okay, we had we once you get about five or six people, how can we get like the support stuff in place, the support emails? How mm. do we do an actual sales email? Like, get these channels kind of set up and you start figuring out systems so that people can actually take days off. Systems and processes. You're just working all the time. So it's like figuring that out. How can I how can I take a Saturday and Sunday off? And like mm. for me, it's easy. Like if you're one person, you're the owner, you can make your schedule. But when all of a sudden you got like five plus people, you know, they all want Friday, Saturdays off or Saturday, so and Sunday. Can I jump in there? How, how did you personally emotionally? Uh, mentally feel when you started taking on that amount of responsibility for a bigger team? Was it was it a shift for you to have to go through? How What was it like? Oh, that's the reason I have gray hair. I have pictures, <laughs> ten, pictures 10 years ago with this hair was brown. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really was like this added stress of, I, I don't know, I, I, as the projects get bigger too, yeah. that's, that's the more stress you're thinking of. So as you get, get more employees who are coming in, the projects get bigger. So you're you're also like stressing a little bit, making deadlines. Mm. And, you know, it's getting, as you get more people in there, it gets a little bit easier because you got more hands on a project. Sure. So your deadlines, you can start like aiming and hitting better. But there is that stress. Like one of my, one of my clients years and years ago said employees are a double-edged sword. And like, I never really understood he had, but I'm like, I kind of get it because you're always on like that cutting edge of like, they will help you, but it's so much stress because you want to actually look out for them in every single way. You're like, you want to take care, is your business doing enough? Do you have enough work coming in to keep food on their table plus your table? Mm. So yeah, there's a whole stress roller coaster of like trying to keep that going. And then- well, there's a there's a key point in there. Nature abhors a vacuum. 
if you create space, if you remove one worry, another one's going to like, oh, let me just nestle in there. Let me find something else for you to be concerned, worry, you know, really put your your energy towards. And it sounds like that's exactly what what's happened throughout this journey. Yeah. And like all, you probably are sitting there thinking all the time, like if I just make one thousand dollars a month, you know, X amount of stuff will go away. If I make two thousand a month, you know, all these things will be solved. If I make, if I make five thousand a month, all these things will go away. If I make ten thousand a month, and like the thing is, the thing always gets bigger. It doesn't matter if you're just if you're sitting there telling yourself, if I made five k more a month, if I made ten k more a month, like other stuff, like you said, will fill that space. And like you really do have to come down and realize, like this is this is what I have coming in a month. How do I make this like work and not stress out about I need to like get more or do more mm. because that space will get filled up. Yeah. And what you've said there is perfect. If I just then, if I just have that then, like if I just have this house, then I'll be happy. If I just have this relationship, then I can take care of myself. I won't do this until, oh man, but that never arrives. So I, you eloquently I just... can remember the 5k a month and like i'm just telling myself that's big okay 10k a month that's huge 25k a month that's huge i even had a point where i was driving a six-figure check to a bank because it was too big to mobile broad deposit mm. and the thing is you always and that was probably the aha moment of like it's never going to be enough like <laughs> you're always going to think if i just make ten thousand more you know, all my problems are going to go away. We can have more people take vacations. We can buy better equipment. Yeah. But like it, that, that, I don't know what that is. That like need or that want, or even that fear is just always going to be there. It's just going to be bigger. Mm, that driver is going to keep on growing. Absolutely. With So with your team, let's fast forward to to today. So you've been through the, the, the stress, the worry, the challenge of handing over your work to other people releasing this work now you've got a team and we were chatting offline and it's it's quite beautiful that you now have the experience or the situation where oh you need to start to get out of your own way so before it was get out of your own way with bringing the people let them do the work beautiful now it's ah, i need to start to really step away and let my team do the work that they're they're awesome at so can you just describe that situation we are right now with with that challenge yeah so that's definitely like as you get more established like you really catered to i've hired really great employees i have i've employees going back seven years with me it feels like i've grown up with these employees and they actually do the work better than me like there's a lot of projects that eventually start coming in and you're just less and less involved in them. Mm. So there's a lot of projects where like my sales team gets on the sales call, they do the thing, my developers build the websites and they're doing all the stuff. So it's like, where do I fit in? And there's times where like, I'll see something in a Slack channel or an email and I'll chime in and I'll be like, well, here's the way I would do it. And it's like, one of my developers is like, oh, we don't set this up anymore. That was like six months ago because code and search engines changes on the daily and they're the yeah. ones in the trenches doing this. So I've recognized that it's like my job 
to really get out of the way. So I've mm. I've had to like fight myself to like not get involved yeah. on a project. You know, part of me still wants to like log into websites, log into servers, tweak code, but it's like no, my team is building it. If I if I jump into that website and they've been working two months on it, even if I think I'm gonna like do something and fix some code, it's like I'm not like I just need to trust them. And like, just step back and be like, yeah, they got this. And mm -hmm. part of the growing pains early on is like, you have to realize that there, there will be, so no employee is ever going to be, you're like 120%. You're like all in. No employee is ever going to get that. And they aren't going to be your 120%. So even if they deliver a website, it might, in, in my case, it's a website. We build websites. So I would build a website a certain way and get it done. One of my developers might build it a different way, but the end result, the client is happy. It was delivered on time and me having to recognize that that's not the way I would have done it. But, you know, the end product is right and it's like working and it's like they're still instilling the general um, nature of our company of just making sure we want to help out. We want to support our clients. And yeah, and me as the owner, like, I would have done it this way, like letting go of that reign of like, no, they've got this. This is a way that they're going to yeah. develop it. Lovely. Um, and then from from that, from a personal point of view, because it is quite tough to do that. How does that leave you personally with what you're now looking to achieve and, and where you're going? Because your evolution is taking going to another level, a new level. Yeah, that though. I'm, I'm right. That's yeah. I'm like right in that. I'm in that to the point where I've hired the marketing team. I've got a sales team. I've got developers. I've got copywriters. My social media girl is awesome. She used to work at Pinterest. Like, so all these systems are in place and it really is this thing at the top where it's like, what am I? Like, where do I fit into my own company? So it's like this existential crisis of like, or identity crisis where you're like, yeah. where am I? If I don't build the websites, what am I doing? Why am I even getting a paycheck? And it's like a real struggle. If you're like, I'm still, you know, answering emails. I'm, I'm on like some of the technical stuff with clients. So mm. a lot of times if, if it's really good, if a client doesn't see me at all, it's a problem. If like I'm getting on a call, then we got a problem. <laughs> but, but you really struggle with like, my day-to-day -day now is so shifted from, especially like between the last year or so mm. of like, I'm doing less, I'm, I'm on the website less, I'm on the code site less. I'm answering, you know, emails, looking at more business stuff. I'm looking at business insurance, health insurance plans, like mm. more admin level type stuff. But at my core, I'm a web developer. So it's like, you're losing that. You're like, where am I? What what kind of person am I if I'm not if I'm not a web developer? Because that's what I've always been for ten years, and yeah. so having so I'm right I'm right at the cusp of that of like figuring out where I sit in my own company. And I know every every business owner probably gets to that point of like having to like what am I on? What projects am I going to be on? And what what can I do? And what I've been doing a lot more is just documenting a heck of a lot more, a mm. lot more of the processes, 
there's still a lot of like domain level stuff and server side stuff that I handle a lot. So the more and more I can like document and really the more that I can actually push that off my plate because it's it's clear the company is roaring forward. So like I'm on this tiger, I don't know where it's going. I can't hold on forever. So really the best thing I can do is start documenting. So I've been like really trying to document, which we've done over mm. the course of the last couple of years, we've done pretty good jobs of trying to document sales process support. So that's like what I spend a lot of my day to day is like, as I find weird troubled things that I have to be on, it's like, okay, how can I document this? Because at some point, I'm not going to be on this. And I don't know where the trajectory lies with me. Like, I'll, I'll always be involved in some way. But is I'm that, also becoming more of like a figurehead. Is that exciting and, and sort of scary at the same time? Yeah, totally. It's, 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 yeah, it's dreaded. Because you really do start wondering, like, why do I even get a paycheck? Like, who am I? Who am I in my own company? And then mm. you really have to just, it's a mind game. And you really have to tell yourself, like, no, like, I built this thing. I'm still the visionary. I still know where I want this thing to go. Like, mm. we're doing a lot more with TikTok now. And part of me really wants to, like, capitalize. I really like the trajectory of where TikTok's going, the advertising going. So, I may not be the guy like doing all the stuff, but I'm the guy like point shooting arrows saying, we want this, this, and this. And like, Team, I don't know. that away. Right, right. And and then you're like justifying like, you know, how do you pay for somebody like that? And then are you stuck as just being an idea person? When really like you early on, you're the one building, mm. you're in the trenches, you're doing all the stuff. And as you start, going to the back of the line mm. it really is this struggle of like where am i where do i fit in and i think that's that's a constant battle like going monthly in your mind of like what could i do like what direction can i post this in or how could i be really responsive like how could i help my team more even mm. though my team is freaking awesome at what they do <laughs> Well, I think what you just done there is perfectly describe what so many agency owners want to get to that level, hit, feel, think, question. And it's it's the double-edged sword, as you said earlier. It's, oh, this is the dream. This is what, you know, this, is, this was the goal. And then when you reach that, it's like, hey, now what's, what, yes, what, what's going yes. on now? Yes, when you're like, you're you're just so busy building the thing. You're just so busy getting the tiger, riding yeah. the tiger. And then all of a sudden the tiger is going, you're on top of it. And you're like, okay, like now what? I mean, mm -hmm. we still want to grow. We're still getting bigger projects. There's still more tools out there that I'm trying to grab more RFP finders and all these cool things, all these things we can set up. So there's still like life in my engine, but it's figuring out where Focal best points. to throw my power. Yeah, where to focus, where yeah. to really use your your new level of genius. And yeah, <laughs> um, beautiful. I love that. Hey, Travis, look, this has been a fantastic conversation. I've loved hearing about your your journey, and thanks for sharing so so 
vulnerable about where you are right now i'm sure so many people are at home going yes 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 that's exactly yes. where i am <laughs> love that um travis hey if, if people want to learn a bit more about you and where you are uh, where can they find you online yes so the i mean our website nwmediacollective.com and then finding me all my stuff i mostly put out is my linkedin so linkedin.com slash in slash Travis Buck. Awesome. Well, Travis, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, this is great. Hey, Katie. Yeah, Mark? Want to do an outro? I sure do. Sweet. Hey, thank you so, so much for listening and making it to the end. Yay, you. So what happens next? we ask them the things that podcasters are supposed to ask at the end of an episode. Can you please rate, review, download? Subscribe. Mm. Yeah. But why is it important? Because that's how our podcast gets noticed. That's how people find us. It is, and we want all their earballs. <laughs> all the earballs all over the place. We do. Nice. Yeah, so please do all those things. We'll be ever so grateful. And then more people hear your beautiful voice. Or yours. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.